uh, today, I'm going to be breaking down full ride scholarships. back to the recruit grind. Naki here. As always, I just want to help you get recruited. That's it. No crazy introduction. I just want to help you as a student athlete, or if you're the parents of the student athlete, just want to help you get recruited. Simple. That's it. Um, I have some exciting stuff that I've been working on recently though, and I wanted to share it before we really dove into the topic of today. And that is that I have finally, uh, despite me in internally pushing back little by little just wanted to make sure that I'm doing things the right way uh, and the right way meaning I'm doing right by the people that actually listen to this podcast on an ongoing basis I'm finally launching some services to actually help you get recruited and the first service being a film evaluation now this is a unique one because every student athlete I come across uh, from football in particular uh, they figure out my background and who I am and where I came from and all the things that I did. And the very first thing that they ask me is, hey, can you watch my film? Can you, can you give me some feedback? <laughs> it, it's time consuming. It's extremely time consuming to do that. So, and what I will say with that is it is, it's extremely fair. It's fair to want to know where you stand, right? So to pay for the information of like, hey, you know, what should I be doing from eligibility standpoint and all the academic stuff? This is why I put this information out there for free on like how to know it. And there's coaches out there that know it. Long story short, it's the evaluation part that I do believe there is a value in knowing where you stand personally, knowing what you should be working on athletically and or ac academically to make sure that you're actually going to be getting recruited. So, I'm launching that. It's a film evaluation. You get your film evaluated from coaches that actually have D1 experience. All right. So it's not necessarily me doing the evaluation. I will have hands on in it. You're actually getting it from coaches that have that division one experience on, on their belt. All right. You're also going to get a report of all the, you know, skills that we see on film as well as all the things that we believe that you should be focusing on to improve and get better and improve your chances on getting recruited is what I should be saying. So uh, the other service that I'll be providing is recruiting course, right? Now, this is more one-on-one -on -one based, just drilling in with you particularly, you know, improving your chances on getting recruited learning how to get noticed by coaches, strategizing for when the offers actually come in and just ensuring you're on the right track academically. The cool thing about it is it includes a film evaluation as well. All right. Now, if you're interested in either of those, you can give me a call or shoot me a text at 210-876-2990. Again, 210-876-2990. Now, to avoid sounding like an infomercial, I'm not going to repeat that phone number again, <laughs> but I do want you to consider as well uh, that it, it took me it took me a lot to get to this point. Uh, the time in order, 
the time that I need in order to actually evaluate athletes and put these courses together and go through all this information, one-on-one meetings with parents and families and athletes. I mean, it's a lot. It takes a lot of time away from me and my family uh, so and, and my work. So the, the value that I am going to put into this is well worth my time and it's worth your time as well. Again, the, the podcast isn't going anywhere. All right. It's here to stay. So if you just want the information for free, listen and learn. You'll figure out a lot of tips and tricks and tools. These are just two very focused ways to get better film, like I said, an evaluation of where you stand and where to go, and then a recruiting course that is a little bit more personalized to uh, you in particular, where you can ask me questions and interact with me one-on-one. Okay, So I will post that eventually. I already have a flyer that's built out, uh, but I'll post it out for everyone to see. And if you choose to get into it, I would love to have you and get you evaluated. So uh, today, I'm going to be breaking down full ride scholarships. Okay, I had a parent that asked me one time, hey, what's included in a full ride scholarship? And when I first heard the question, I was like, well, it covers everything. Duh. <laughs> uh, but then I realized that that actually isn't like a, a topic of discussion that's widely known. So I want to talk about it. And I'm going to teach you everything that I know and hopefully a little bit more about academic scholarship or a full ride in particular. So first, you have to understand the levels of football and the level of scholarships that can be offered. Now, specifically going to be talking about FBS programs, but first understand that FBS programs, so football bowl subdivision programs, can give out 85 full ride scholarships. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but for this particular episode, just understand there's 85 full ride scholarships that can be given out. Now, FCS programs, so football championship subdivision, can give out 63 scholarships in total. Now, the difference being here is that they can split up the costs or split up each of those scholarships into smaller amounts and divvy that up to actually stretch that 63 into a bigger number. So instead of 63 full ride scholarships, they can have, you know, 80 or so more uh, partial scholarships. They'll have some athletes on full ride. They'll have some on partial, like only books or only tuition or whatever. They can split it up differently. Now, the purpose of this episode, like I mentioned before, we're, we're going to focus on the full ride on the FBS level. Because if you're in the FBS program and you're on a program that can give out one of those 85 full ride scholarships, it's full ride or nothing. They cannot split it up. So, we're going to dive into that. And I'm actually going to use a very specific example of when I was at University of Oregon. Now, just a disclaimer here. <laughs> if Oregon reaches out to me and tells me that, hey, you're way off base, you should not be putting this information out, I'm probably going to have to pull this episode down. Uh, but we will cross that bridge if and when we get there. I'm going to go for it anyway. <laughs> so uh, on the financial side of the full ride academic scholarship, please understand it is more commonly referred to by institutions as cost of attendance and athletic aid. And so at University of Oregon, this was actually broken down like so. 
there were two tiers of cost of attendance or you know, athletic aid funds. And the first tier was for undergraduate students. So if you're pursuing like a bachelor's degree, which again, if you're an undergraduate student, you are pursuing a bachelor's degree. I keep saying again, because we've talked about a lot of these things before in the podcast. So just quick reference. If you haven't watched any of the previous episodes, you might want to do that before going into this one. It'll give you a lot more information on what I'm talking about. But going back, <laughs> so the first one being um, the first tier of funds being in the category or tier, I should say, of undergraduate students or student athletes. And the second tier being graduate students that might be pursuing a master's degree. So both of those are broken down into the following cost categories. Okay, and the first cost category is tuition and fees. Now, before I dive in any further, I've always found this one in particular, especially for FBS programs, right? So full ride scholarship. I've always found this to be a, like a little bit funny. It almost seems like fugazi to me. I don't know if you've ever watched, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, it's just, you know, be careful going to that one. There's a pretty risque show, but uh, <laughs> uh, there's a part in there where uh, Matthew McConaughey is talking about Fugazi. You know, it's, it's like imaginary money. And I, I feel in a full ride scholarship that the tuition and fees included in a full ride scholarship is really just the school paying itself for an athlete to attend that school. And I, it's not actually how it works, uh, but I just get a kick out of it, right? It's, it's extremely interesting to me. But tuition and fees are normally different. Just FYI, as we go through this, tuition and fees are normally different for a resident student and a non-resident student. And tuition and fees are really just how much it costs for you to go to that school, go and attend that school. So that's what tuition is really broken down to. Now, if you're a resident student, that means you are from the state in which you're attending. So in this instance, talking about Oregon, I grew up in Oregon, I'm a resident of Oregon, and I am choosing to attend University of Oregon. A non-resident to University of Oregon would be coming from out of state, right? So I live in Washington, I live in Utah, I live in Texas, uh, Florida, wherever I'm from, traveling and going to school at Oregon, I am considered a non-resident student. All right, now, the second category of funds is room and board pretty simple. How much do you pay for your rent, your food, just across the board, how much that costs, which is usually the bulk of your cost outside of tuition and fees. All right. Now, next category being books and pretty straightforward. What books do you need in order for you to attend school each semester? Those books are covered. And then supplies, which would be, so this is your next category. Supplies would be Things like pencils, pens, notebooks, binders, etc., and then personal expenses, entertainment, clothes, living essentials, all of those types of things in um, that category. So, like a phone payment, that would be included in that. If you had like a car payment, which hopefully you don't have a car payment, you can avoid that. It's pretty expensive having a car in college because then you have to pay for parking, and uh, most likely you're going to get some tickets because you parked in the wrong place. Yeah, honestly speaking, I wouldn't advise having a car in college if you can 
avoid it. Uh, that's personal opinion. And then the last category being transportation. Now, transportation is really more factoring in your travel in town as well as travel home. So going back home from school during a break of some sorts. Okay, so going on from there, you have probably, if you follow college football closely, uh, you've been around it at all or know people that have been in it, you probably hear athletes getting paid, right? Athletes getting paid. And I'm not talking about NIL. I'm talking about before NIL days, which again, if you're not familiar with what NIL is, name, image, and likeness, that's a whole nother conversation for another episode. But in particular to the scholarship, you have probably heard athletes talk about a stipend check. Now a stipend check is referred to by institutions or at the college level, so on the professional standpoint, as a cost of attendance check, all right? So if you ever hear that term, stipend check, they're talking about a cost of attendance check. And at the University of Oregon, the amount of this check was dependent on if you were living on campus or off of campus. And let me reference, let me back up just a little bit here. Understand that when I'm talking about this stipend check, this is actually a check that is paid out to the athletes. Right, this is paid out to them based off of their full ride scholarship. This is money that they are getting. All right, now the amount at Oregon was dependent on whether or not you were living on campus or off campus, and this is actually very common at a lot of institutions: is off campus versus on campus living. I'd say almost every single institution has this. Uh, I think it's safe to say that, but Oregon. Now, in particular, required all first-year students to live on campus. It was a first-year living on campus requirement. However, <laughs> when I was working there, we found a loophole at Oregon, and it allowed us to have our athletes live off campus. And it was, I mean, I say loophole, but it was just an exemption that we had to submit to the school for all the new incoming athletes to get them out of it. And what's funny about it was, it was really just living right across the street from campus. So where we actually housed all of the athletes in their first year was well within walking distance to everything they needed to get to on campus. So for us at Oregon, athletes, athletes at Oregon, they were receiving funds or off-campus living stipends or cost of attendance checks right when they got to campus. So. Let's refer back to those categories a little bit. A cost of attendance check or a stipend is including room and board, personal expenses, and transportation. There may be some differences across the board uh, for all, you know, all Power 5 schools, all Division One FBS schools, but for the most part, I think it's all gonna be pretty much the same. Now, everything else outside of those three categories that went into the siphon cost was considered a direct payment from the school. All right, so the breakdown of costs, and keep in mind that these are annual payouts, and I'll go over the monthly ones at the very end, but the annual breakdown of costs were room and board, $10,032 for undergraduates a year, and $11,850 for graduates per year. So this became a bit of a controversial topic when I was at University of Oregon. 
we got into a recruiting battle with USC for a couple of recruits. And I got tasked with digging into how this number was actually calculated to see if we could get the number to come up. <laughs> um, so, so back when I was at Oregon, when I got tasked with this, I dove into it and I found out that the NCAA and the institution, so Oregon, would conduct a study that evaluates living costs in our market, Eugene, Oregon. And then what they would do was find three apartment complexes within or closely adjacent to campus that had various types of living quarters and costs, as well as on-campus housing, right? So they're evaluating all of those in particular, and then they would generate an average from that number. So quick follow-up on the story. I never got it to actually go up but it was a very valiant effort. <laughs> and I want to say that we ended up, we did end up getting those recruits. I don't want to go into too specific of an example, uh, but yes, this is, uh, is this, you know, pretty much what was going on at that time. So uh, the other category that got pulled, that gets pulled into the stipend check is the personal expenses, as I had mentioned. And at the time for graduate and undergraduate, it was 2000 $34. And then the last category being transportation is also the same for both, but it differed based off of resident and non-resident. So if you lived in Oregon, your annual transportation payout was $366. If you were a non-resident, your payout was $1,290. So it's about a $900 difference and that factored in having to be flown or having to fly home for breaks. So, right, it's kind of really including the travel costs uh, whether you, for living out of state. So, as it pertains to athletes that want to play at the Univers University of Oregon, for example, uh, almost five years ago, uh, you would be making on a monthly basis $1,484 per month. Now, keep in mind that is for nine months of the year, and that's if you're taking 15 credit hours per semester. That's not including any summer school, which is a whole other animal in itself, which you can get, you can get athletic aid for being enrolled full-time in summer school, but the amounts differ, and it differs slightly per institution. So, Next time I do an episode, we are actually going to go into ways that you can lose your scholarship. So um, anyway, just yeah, big thanks for listening into the podcast. If you're interested in those valuations or attending one of my courses, let's talk more. Shoot me a text. Like I said, I gave you the number already, but I'll give it to you again. It is 210-876-2990. Give me a call, shoot me a text. Know that I love every single one of you that listens to this podcast. You guys rock, you gals rock, moms, dads, coaches, whoever you are, family. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I would actually love to send you a gift. Reach out to us on social media, uh, repost some stuff and leave a comment, whatever it is. I would just, yeah, just reach out somehow. I would love to take care of you, send you a little gift uh, to show my appreciation for you listening. Much love. Have a great week.